Welcome back to Big Little Podcast, where we're talking about the glittery mess that is Netflix's prom, which happens to star Big Little Lies alumni Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep, as well as Little Fires Everywhere's Carrie Washington. I'm Teresa, and I'm a Jane slash Bonnie. I'm Carolyn, and I'm a Madeline slash Renata. I'm Rebecca, and I'm a Jane slash Madeline. All right, Carolyn, you want to start us off with a recap? Sure. Okay, so The Prom is based on the Broadway musical of the same name, uh, and it is a play about some down-on-their-luck Broadway stars whose show have, has closed yet again, and since they are not doing any shows and are also not well-liked in their community, they decide this is a PR problem and that they can solve their PR problem by helping a teenage girl at a school in a small town in Indiana who wants to go to prom with her girlfriend, but because she lives in a small town in Indiana, that is not possible. The town is super conservative, and the Broadway stars venture out to Indiana to help this young girl uh, get to go to prom. And that's pretty much it. That's all you need Um, to know. So I think let's start off with our general impressions, because I found that this was somehow offensive to damn near everyone. (laughs) This mess like pits East Coast liberal elites against middle America in a way that feels like kind of outdated and unproductive. And I hate it. Did anyone (laughs) feel this way? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, so I had to watch this movie, uh, for the Nomcast, which is Netflix original movie podcast, uh, that is done by, uh, comedians reviewing Netflix original movies. So I was a special Mm -hmm. guest on that, had to review this, and, uh, I was just mad the whole time. I mean, I guess if you're gonna, like, try to find something positive, uh, it's Ryan Murphy, and he always has a really lush, fun color palette, though that color palette is incredibly distorted in this because it is all just sparkles everywhere. Glitter, rhinestones. Uh, it's a lot. It gave me a migraine. Uh, yeah, I mean, and there's an occasional funny line. Like, occasionally there's something that you can catch that will make you laugh. Uh, and they almost always come out of Andrew, uh, is it Rannells? Rannells, yeah. yeah. Rannells, yeah. That's the best mm-hmm. part of the movie. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Although, like, Meryl Streep has some moments. I did, if I'm going to pick one song and one performance, I guess I'll go with Meryl Streep. Uh, I love when she says that she understands Furious Town folks because she did Beauty and the Beast. Uh, <laughs> basically, like, this movie and this Broadway show are for overgrown, overgrown theater kids. Like, it mm-hmm. is for theater people. Uh, a lot of the jokes kind of fall well if you're, like, a big Broadway geek. And I'm a professional actor and dancer, and, like, I still was just, like, eye-rolling at this. But They were, like, eye-rolled jokes, though. They weren't, like, subtle, funny in-jokes. It was just, like, the Juilliard gag. And, you mm-hmm. know, it was it was repetitive and, like, not... I, Ryan Murphy, what I love about Ryan Murphy is how, like, campy he is and how he's not afraid to have dialogue that's absurd and characters doing absurd things and it's always super stylized. But this just felt like it was a phoned-in version of that. Like, he checked all of the boxes he wanted to check, but without any real depth well i think part of that's because he didn't write it right Right. like he he basically saw this on broadway was somehow moved by it because it must have been better yeah like on broadway and immediately started trying to bring it to the screen to the point where it had already been like shuffled off the stage by the time he was in production on this so like i don't you know i don't know like 
10 years ago, I feel like this story would have been kind of moving in mm-hmm. a way. It, you know, when Rent came out as a movie and I went to see it in the theater, I was like, oh, this doesn't hold up. And not because it wasn't great, but it was like the AIDS crisis, like there right, is not an outdated. AIDS crisis like this anymore. It, like we have medication, like this all feels really outdated. And, it, you know, this particular like prom storyline feels a little weird and outdated at this Honestly, point. Honestly, I completely agree with you on that. And I think that's mm-hmm. what makes it so like dissatisfying but i also Mm -hmm. think this is like one of the first movies that we can say is really clearly born out of four years of trump like yeah (laughs) you know i'm dead serious Mm -hmm. like five years ago i don't think this movie would have would have been anything 10 years ago it would have been meaningful but in this moment it's kind of just like we can come together even though the midwest like has some backwards Mm -hmm. views lol they're so ignorant we're gonna that was so off-putting to me. I was like, you are the problem. Like, the, yeah. like not everyone in the... First of all, we're talking about Indiana. Where right! Pete Buttigieg was a goddamn mayor, okay? Like, he's an openly gay man, New York. Your only gay mayor was closeted. So, like... like yeah. I am just... Yeah, and also, like, on that line where it, it, it is offensive is also that they cast James Corbin yeah. as a gay man. And Corden. he... Yes. whatever his I, I don't care what his he's name so is he's yeah yeah so why like did we need that mm-hmm. there are so many actors well let's talk about the casting because let's <laughs> yes because one this is like you're not the only one who's brought this up this was a thing like the reviewers were saying but I was like this was tailor-made for Nathan Lane oh yeah why do we have to watch James Corden do this and frankly, Andrew Rannells would have been better. Yes. Like he is such a Ryan Murphy star. Yeah. And he, he gets this sense of humor better. Like his parts were really funny because of that. Half the time I couldn't understand James Corden because of his bad American accent. Ooh. It felt muddled. I couldn't hear it him. It made Nicole seem flawless. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. All right. So Nicole Kidman Ooh. and her Zaz number that. was literally offensive mm-hmm. to me as a dancer (laughs) and uh, everyone else I I mean it was just so bad and I I guess in the Broadway show that number kind of lands differently and you know obviously when you have a true Broadway trained singer and dancer doing it it is not as cringeworthy Nicole Kidman is pretty cringeworthy in this although it is nice I think we all can agree it's nice to see her not getting like slapped around and uh, mm-hmm. you know, having husbands that are murderers and stuff like that. It was kind of fun to see Nicole Kidman just be this, like, vapid, pretty thing for, like, a second and to be wearing these ridiculous clothes and, and just behaving ridiculously. But then I was just so mad at her lack of ability to step up into this kind of role. Like, she is just – like, her singing is fine, but her dancing mm-hmm. is so offensive that it was like, stop. And while we're talking about Ooh. offensive dancing – Carrie Washington, what the hell? Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to Carrie Washington. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to know why Nicole Kidman, in any number, I know it was Fosse esque and all that, showed her full vagina to this child on a couch. I was like, yeah. this is breaking a lot of rules. I was like, get out of here. Is this about to go in a different direction? Get yeah. Was she trying to like hit on this like little lesbian? I was so confused. I was like, put your legs together, ma'am. It was not appropriate. The weird um, antelope legs, as the girl calls her. Yeah. And do, was she 18 or under? I mean, the whole thing. I was like, this is 
is very suspicious. These adults, they're using this child. I was very concerned, ethically and otherwise. I, even Meryl, like, I was kind of like, you know, do, do you just call her up for everything? And if she says yes, she just automatically gets it because she was fine in this. She can sing okay, but, like, any Broadway diva of almost any generation I would have preferred. Like, whether it was, you know, like, that, Kristen yeah, Chenoweth or... Yeah, yeah. Pa- Patty LuPone was my first thought. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, because also the ages of the casting seem weird to me in this. Yeah, so Meryl Streep, they, first of all, they did light her really well because they mm-hmm. made her look passably acceptable as the love interest to uh, Michael oh, Keegan. hard like they, disagree. Uh-huh. Nothing was passably acceptable about that, but we'll get there. Well, <laughs> like, so, I mean, it was crazy because Meryl Streep could be his mother. Yeah. Like well, yeah, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It was more the just dynamic, but yeah. Can, I don't know. I mean, we can yeah, address can. that in time. <laughs> no, I, there's just, but there's, that's the problem. There's so many things to address that it's just, it's just tedious. Like the whole movie just kept on going and it never stopped and, and you wanted it to stop, but it was just like one musical number that was continuous and horrid. It was certainly a good time. 40 minutes too long. <laughs> the... So the key Michael Key character seemed weird because he couldn't really sing. I mean, he I guess he held a tune, but there was nothing particularly special about it. And it, he didn't have that funny a role. So it was a weird one to give to him. And I kept thinking, like, if you're going to have Meryl in this role, this could have been Mandy Patinkin, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. play. or if you if they would have just switched it, Meryl out, it could have been like Adina Menzel mm-hmm. and... At least then it would have made a little bit more sense with Keegan-Michael Key sort of age-wise. But then, like, she was married to Tay Diggs, who, you know, like, like he could have been in it. Like, there was so – this casting Seriously. was just so bad. It, it was very bad. It's like they didn't do a chemistry check between any of the characters. Because I didn't really <laughs> even buy the, like, deep friendship between – I don't know any of the characters' names because it was so – like, I was so distracted yeah. by what was happening in front of me. It was like getting a psychology exam. But <laughs> – I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, this this has reduced me to drinking wine at 2 in the afternoon, 3 in the afternoon. I don't even know what time it is. I watched the... How do you I think felt... I feel, guys? This is the second time I've had to talk about this piece yeah. of shit. That's two times too many. Yeah. And I just... I, I kept trying to find something good about it to say. And I, I... Like I said, I mean, maybe there are some well-written lines but that's of no credit to this movie because they come right from the script from the book of the broadway show so i don't even know i mean and they this cast so you have like some people who i have never hated like in anything who i completely think are just brilliant (laughs) like meryl streep and tracy ullman right oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i almost forgot about her yeah well she she shouldn't have done this you should forget about her like (laughs) we can move on and like let her have a good career that doesn't include this movie so that was the problem and i i mean it just is so bizarre it is so bizarre and then it was even more bizarre because i found out that my father loved this Somehow oh. my parents watched it, and my dad. I feel was like, like parents will like this. They'd be like, "Oh my gosh, it's yeah. so heartwarming! Look at this. They had a prom, even though there's some of them are gay. <laughs> We're coming together. America is healed." It's like Green Book. Green Book appealed to a very specific yeah. demographic, and other people were like, "Oh my god, this is absolutely appalling." And I think that that is what Ryan Murphy has revealed. You have just like this boomer generation that understands this, or you have like some parts of Middle America where this is, you know, 
a real issue, I guess. Is it? I mean, I feel like this is not a problem in Indiana high schools. Like, You know, I feel like certainly for someone it's still a problem, right? But, like, the idea that literally the entire the school yeah, was like, against her, like, no. Yeah, there are she definitely difficult, like, experiences in parts of America, I'm sure, being yeah. gay. But, like, a PTA, like, going after canceling the prom because someone wants to go with their girlfriend. I was just like, this seems like it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And then moving it and somehow the entire school yeah. stays on board with moving it without <laughs> ever letting her know. Bizarre. And... Like, no, there is no case. I mean, it's absurd because, like, I don't know. I should have looked up the election results beforehand. But, like, no matter how red your state is, you have blue voters, right? Right. Like, someone's kid in that school had some kind of morals (laughs) and would have stood up for this kid, showed up to the gay prom, you know? like. And then it was all, like, Christianity gays. Like, we can't do this because of the Bible. That was the big reveal. I'm like, come again, what? Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that song I thought was the worst. The like. Christian oh, that was my favorite. Song. Yeah, that was my favorite too. I was like, what? That was definitely, I love oh, that. Oh God! One. First of all, that song number was like forty-five minutes long. Like it it's half long. the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, they were all. It was long. cheesy yeah. in like a high school musical way. But you see, it was also like a little bit too Bible-y, preachy for me. It was uh, Godspell. All of that stuff was like riffing on. Oh, I thought that was well, hysterical. and I mean, literally, they have like the the actors that are the reason they get out to Indiana is they yeah. ride a tour bus of Godspell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, it is just if you are a theater kid, if you are like somebody who grew up in high school collecting playbills and all that stuff, and you know, your theater, you you love like community theater, and you talk about, oh, I saw this show with this person. If that's your life, if that's who you are, and you're listening to this podcast, which I kind of don't think that's too much of a crossover audience for us, but if that's mm-hmm. who you are, this is your movie. You are like, well, in I would heaven, disagree with that. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I consider myself a tangential theater kid, and I was like, this is offensive to theater kids. It was painting in such broad strokes, like even it just all felt like you know. In Ryan Murphy is the king of caricature in camp, and I love that in certain pieces he's done. And then when he is heavy-handed, like he was with, I thought, Nurse Ratchet, which had such a promising yeah. start and was so beautiful in the beginning, and I love the color palette, and Sarah Paulson can do no wrong, and it just went so off the rails. And yeah. I feel like that's what he's been doing recently, is these really overdone, reductive, phone it in, get a stellar cast, big budget cash your check and buy another house in the Hollywood Hills. Like it's So just... almost every uh Ryan Murphy show goes off the rails for me. Like I start it mm. and I am so obsessed and so excited. And then about like three or four episodes in, I am only watching because I just kind of need to see it out at this point. It happened with Versace. It happened with Ratchet. It happened with... Um, Glee. Glee went the, off the rails. Glee, absolutely. I love The Politician, but that whole show is off the rails. Yeah, well, and this movie is just off the rails. Like, it, I mean, and it's that way from the very start. Nip Tuck, that went off the rails. Whew. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I this is... So, I, again, though, if we're going to try to grasp at something that's good, I am going to say that the girl who plays the high school girl. Uh, Joellen. Joellen, yes. She, I think, is spectacular. I think she is a star in the making. Uh, you know, he did do a nationwide search. He didn't cast the girl who did it on Broadway. He didn't cast mm-hmm. anyone who'd done it in any tours. 
Uh, this girl is from Cincinnati originally and has done, she, you know, has a theater degree and uh, she is phenomenal. I thought like she really, I mean, it wasn't hard for her to steal the show in scenes with like Nicole Kidman and stuff. And, but she really, she really did. She All really, shade. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they full on dress her like, um, Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> oh yes. She I looks like a young Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle she, she looks young. Yeah, that is a hundred percent. But what I was actually thinking was Molly Ringwald. Oh yeah, mm. but they're definitely that's a big cue. I think like it's pretty in pink. Yeah. There are many tones of that. Well, I loved her, but I really loved um, her girlfriend. The actress's name is Ariana DeBose, and yes. she played the bullet in Hamilton. If anyone's seen mm-hmm. Hamilton, um, mm. but she's also going to play Anita on the remake of West West Side Story that's coming out next year, which is also something that we didn't ask for, we don't need, and we I don't know. I'm looking like. forward to that. That is such a good show and i feel like it'll be really interesting with an actually diverse cast <laughs> like you, you can hold on to hope with that i will uh I'm, I'm gonna go into that pessimistic but maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised yeah i'm looking forward to that and i thought she was great i thought she was a great dancer her voice was lovely i i thought that all of the kids if you will like all the those actors all were, the high school children all the high school children mm-hmm. in it were really good uh i i was kind of not into the choreography. The choreographer for this did what I call angry choreography, which is where Mm -hmm. everything has very sharp hits and punch movements. It's like almost karate set to Broadway music. (laughs) It's a very big trend right now that I'm seeing in choreography. I don't love it. I feel like it's like trying to put as many movements as you can to one count of music. It's crazy to dance and it doesn't it's not like there's so much more they could have done I felt like this show actually could have benefited from a different choreographer on top of every on top of all the other problems um and this was not the choreographer who did it on Broadway as I understand too well I think the music in this was kind of weird and lackluster in general like I I liked the love thy neighbor song more so for its content than anything else I guess Mm -hmm. but like I did not leave that with one of the songs stuck in my head. You know what I mean? And and the closest thing that you get to like a standout song is just a ripoff of all that jazz. So yeah. you're like, <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it was very strange, I thought. Uh, I liked the Meryl Streep little, uh, saucy number the it's not about me yeah um Mm. it's not a memorable again yeah there are no memorable songs necessarily but like that i i that one i just enjoyed just because again if you're listening to the lyrics there are so Mm. many little nuggets in there for you to catch of things that she says and and they rhyme lesbian with thespian which (laughs) is really it's good uh yeah so, I, I mean, and that song just has this tongue-in-cheek humor. And Meryl Streep, for what it's worth, is definitely vocally the best I've ever heard her. Like, this is much better than her and Justice Mama Mia. for Mamma Mia. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I love, two. everyone loves Mamma Mia. Like, I mean, it's just fun. It's, it, it, this, it's this ABBA. Movie was, it's yeah. Benny and Bjorn. People love Mamma Mia because Mamma Mia is a great musical. No, I will defend ABBA till my dying breath. So I actually recently watched a uh, PBS documentary on ABBA and uh, was really enthralled by it. Was and it I recommend thank you trying for the music? to find it. Um, it's yeah, it's about the music. It's about the band, and I, I actually it's great. Knew- I watched it every year on VHS tape from ages three to thirteen every summer. Perfect. Yeah. So I actually they recently replayed that, but it's this so movie, good. 
it's like this movie was trying to be like the next Mamma Mia. It was trying to capture that mm. camp, that fun. Uh, it's just that that kind of. I mean, Mamma Mia just is like iconic, and it's well done. Like the music, it like ABBA's music is technically very complicated. The arrangements are complicated, and yes, it's ridiculous, Mamma Mia. Like Pierce Brosnan has no oh, business business singing ever yeah. singing. I mean, that was the but, worst. My ears bled during that. But it's Pierce Brosnan, and there's something like I would let him do anything. Ooh, uh, oh no, I face. would not. <laughs> I love Pierce Brosnan still. I I'll, I will forever stand by Remington Steele. But <laughs> the uh, which, if you don't get that reference, you should yeah. go ahead and Google <laughs> Remington Steele and find out. Uh, what a young Pierce Brosnan did on television. Um, the but this movie was like a Mamma Mia fail. It was like the community theater version of it was community theater. Uh, yeah, I uh, sorry said it. That's what it is. <laughs> did either of you see Fun Home? No, no. So this was it was a musical a few years ago based on a comic book, right? And mm-hmm. it's. It's the story, uh, more or less the author's story of growing up in a funeral home that they call a fun home. But she also happens to be a lesbian. And, like, it was a huge success on Broadway. Rave reviews. It came to the Bushnell. And I went to see that and the Book of Mormon around the same time. And although I really, like, I liked Fun Home, I had kind of wished it was just a movie instead like it didn't mm-hmm. seem like it needed to be a musical and there again there was only like one standout song for me that I that I really liked and on the flip side there was you know the book of mormon which Andrew Reynolds from this was originally in I believe right he yeah. um and that has like I don't there's got to be at least three songs you leave there like you can't just get out of your head you know and like to me that's like if you're gonna make something a musical, that's what you need, right? You need uh-huh. you yeah. need to make the music worth it. And this t- was just like I don't I don't uh, half of them I can't I couldn't even remember. Like you guys are saying the song that so and so did, and I'm like I don't I don't even remember them because the only ones <laughs> I remember are jazz because I'm not gonna forget it in my worst nightmares. Uh-huh. Uh, the Bible song, which I don't know mm-hmm. the name, I couldn't sing the chorus of. I just know it was about loving. No. Oh, love thy neighbor. There you go, love thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. Simple clause that a lot of Christians seem not to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Uh, the one at the end where there was a lot of glitter, but I was kind of at that point blacked out. I was in a trance. <laughs> it's so long. Yeah, you guys, if you're out there worried about the vaccine, worry more about prom on Netflix. That is doing yeah. more to your brain than any COVID vaccine. <laughs> it is. It was just so long. Like, I I was like, every time I thought it was over, I was like, what? Why is this still happening? Like, I, it just... I'm not even sure how long it was. If you told me it was three hours, I would believe you. Two hours and 12 close. minutes. I checked. Oh, only? My God. I checked Netflix every 10 minutes to be like, this has to be almost done. <laughs> when they got to the first prom, the fake out prom, where I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, what could. I was thinking like it's going to take a crazy Ryan Murphy turn and maybe they'll just be like a Carrie style event. I was expecting anything, but then not just like another prom where they got it right. And they're like, the whole punchline was like, it feels great not to fail. Also, somehow that prom goes from being like, you know, like some tables with a couple of handkerchiefs thrown over it to being like a winter wonderland. It's so weird. Oh, and that's really weird because allegedly those out of work Broadway actors paid for it. Mm -hmm. Like there's that scene where they're all like giving their like credit cards. Yes. So... 
Yeah, uh, how much does a prom cost? And I don't think that an actor who has been in the ensemble of Chicago <laughs> yeah. living in a New York apartment ha would have any money to contribute towards that. I challenge that aspect that they, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I guess the Meryl Streep character allegedly has some money from her, you know, illustrious had been career. But like still, I mean, it was just, there's so many things about this movie that I, I, first of all, they could have edited out. This could be an hour. If this had been an hour and a half, it might have stood a chance at being watchable. Yeah, if they just turned this into Glee or something, it would have been fine. Like, Glee you was know, not like... fine. Glee was something <laughs> was, else, there... but fine, it was certainly not. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I can't even tell from that statement whether you hated Glee or loved Glee. There is no, and it's just in between. You love Glee, but you're also like, <laughs> uh, what I am witnessing. There's that meme that goes around of Sue <laughs> Sylvester being like, I'm going to create an environment that is so toxic. And that is what Glee is. It's every, like... <laughs> horrific stereotype it's just i came out when i was in college and my roommate and i were like trying to pretend for the first season of glee that we were too cool to watch glee but we watched mm -hmm. it every week and then would like sing the songs and mm -hmm. it was like the most juvenile thing we did we were trying to like you know be cool freshmen drinking staying up late but we just couldn't help ourselves from watching glee and then we like watched it for three whole seasons but the whole time we were just like this is not not okay. Like, it's, I, I can't describe it to you. You can, like, watch compilations on YouTube of, like, the worst moments in Glee, and you'll just be shocked. It's appalling. Um, that teacher from Glee always creeped me out. Like, Sue I Sylvester? could not. No, no, no. No, the, the, the redhead oh. with the eyes. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Mr. Shu? <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's like, terrifying. anytime he started dancing, I was like, make it stop. Have you I seen can't... when he grinds with the girl students during to no. Blurred Lines yeah. by Robin Thicke? Oh, the fact that when you said that the teacher was creepy and we all named a different teacher <laughs> that we thought was creepy is the problem with the show right there. That is so, a big issue. You're right. You hit the yeah. nail on the head, so, Carolyn. <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with prom, like speaking of things that it is kind of like, so this movie, the plot is exactly like Disney Pixar's A Bug's Life. What? Like, what? Yeah, That's the last I'm not thing I thought you were going to say. This is what I realized while watching it. So in A Bug's Life, the little ant goes to find uh, warrior bugs to help them fight the grasshoppers who are, like, being mean to their little ant village. And he accidentally gets actors, like these, like, circus performer actor bugs, and that he thinks that they're, like, you know these strong like warrior bugs who are going to save his sad little ant people. And that's all I could think of this entire prom <laughs> movie was that the like Meryl Streep was like, you know, the little praying mantis actor bug from Bugs Life coming to save the ant people and fighting against the grasshoppers. If you have not watched Bugs Life in a long time, I don't blame you or have never seen it, watch it and watch the prom and be like, oh, it's the same fucking movie, except at least the Disney Bugs Life is watchable and does not contain 45 minute musical numbers. This movie has damaged us. Carolyn just went yeah. on a 10 minute rant about a bug's life. We are not well from watching this movie. I'm telling you, I had to talk oh. about this movie twice on now two different podcasts and both oh times I'm like, I can't. I have nothing. There is no uh, hope for my brain cells from this. I, I don't even know. And Meryl Streep's bad red wig oh. also. What should. was up with that wig? It looked like it wasn't glued on correctly. And it, I reached a point where I'm like, is this part of the shtick? Because I thought that she was, like, adjusting it at one point. <laughs> is this part of the no, character? She like, she's just, like, poor? It. But then when she turned over her black card and was talking about the house in the Hamptons, okay, so she's not poor. She just has an ill 
set wig. I it was very confusing. Well, maybe she needed a bucket of gay wigs. Like, oh my um, god, yeah, like a bucket. <laughs> oh, I'm god. as gay. I'm as gay as a bucket of wigs. A bucket. Like that line alone should offend. It feels like like the wigs thing. Like I was kind of like, okay, this is almost like a little Moira Rose going on here. You know what I mean? Like. I feel if someone had like let Daniel Levy just like take a right. take a brush to this or like some scissors or something like there could have he could have salvaged it somehow <laughs> you know yeah like, like I don't know that's a really like, good comment like somebody that's got that brash also younger like mm-hmm. Daniel Levy knows how to speak to the irreverent youth in mm-hmm. a way that makes sense and I think that this was so clearly an attempt to reach the youths that. It wasn't for like I keep I kept thinking about the movie. Who is this for? Because I can't imagine I Gen thing. Z sitting around and doing anything but memeing this whole movie. It's apparently for my father. It's apparently <laughs> okay, for so exactly. a man so in his seventies who this secretly is a green book likes with more musicals. Glitter. So you know what? There is a line in the movie in prom that like pretty much sums up the movie the best. Uh, Michael Keegan Key says, "This is unsettling. It's like having a fantasy I don't want to have." Yeah, <laughs> that's. He says that to the Meryl Streep character, and when he said that, I was like, thank you. That's exactly, you just stated it all. This Maybe is it's all his fever all. dream. That would make it better. Yeah, so that's the way I feel. I think that is the best way to describe this movie, as we are all, like, stammering around just in horror at this. It's a fantasy that we don't want to have. Yeah. That's it. Bleak. Well, on that note, do we want to give people recommendations of things they should waste their time on? Yes. All right, uh, Carolyn, why don't you start, since you've had to, like endure that the endure this the most (laughs) oh god yeah i don't even know like what to recommend to people now after this palette cleansers yeah i I don't even know what a palette cleanser would be it's like just go watch something some any anything anything with any sort of intelligence uh but i of course didn't do that (laughs) and uh (laughs) i uh i will recommend because it is horrifying and it hits close to home and it's gonna fill you with rage a different kind of rage than watching the prom but uh i know a lot of people were watching it back in march and i have just watched it the movie contagion oh uh yeah you know what it's actually like an interesting watch now that oh, we're it's kind great of, it's a great movie but yeah. not now <laughs> yeah no i you know what I'm, I'm making the argument that do watch it now uh because you know i i think if i had watched this in march i probably would have like gotten <laughs> under my bed covers and never come back out uh but now where we're at it's kind of interesting but it's so scary how the parallels mm-hmm. uh I mean, I I would not have recommended this until now, where now we do have, you know, vaccines in sight, and it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, Contagion is definitely an interesting an interesting watch, and it has some, you know, great. Again, it has that cavalcade of stars. You got like Lawrence Fishburne and Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, um, Marianne Cotillard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, you just have a lot it's of a good great movie. people. Oh, Jude uh, Law. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, I mean, it, so it's it, you just have a great cast, and it's uh, terrifying, but an interesting watch for where we're at. Uh, and and at least, you know, there's no musical numbers in it. So <laughs> thumbs up for that. That would be hilarious, actually. Just like a Contagion the musical. Dream musical. <laughs> Honestly, like, yeah, I would, I will help. Should we write the first pandemic musical? 
become yeah, rich and then save Indiana Proms. The musical, I am there for you. I will. I I'm a great lyricist, and I will choreograph the shit out of that. Um, but that's so that's my. I don't know if that's a highbrow or a lowbrow recommendation. Um, I, I I don't know. I <laughs> let's call it both. Yeah, we'll call it both and go with that. All right. What about you, Rebecca? What do you got? Well, I'm gonna change mine at the last second simply because I realized that if we're talking musicals, I would be absolutely remiss not to mention the Ratatouille musical that has developed on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram. I have been captivated from by the story from the start. I've actually never seen Ratatouille before, but I'm familiar with the basic plot. You know, you got a rat that cooks. It seems pretty straightforward. It's, they're in Paris. It's all very chic. And Gen Z decided to start creating a musical version of this movie and has like written a masterpiece. The song, talk about an earworm, has been stuck in my head for months. I won't stop singing it. My partner might leave me. It's (laughs) insane. They have choreography, they have playbills done and they'll do like all the duet things. It's all very like fresh and youthful and I can't understand any of it, but like it is unbelievable. So if you are looking for something to do while you're like vacantly scrolling your phone, the Ratatouille musical, it doesn't, I think there's probably hashtags involved. It'll be easy to find and it really is mind blowing. So I would encourage that. Mm-hmm. And my other recommendation is even lower than that, if that's possible. If it's possible to go lower than a social media recommendation, I will recommend tentatively, cautiously, if you're looking for more things to really mess you up psychologically. The pack on Amazon is the most single bizarre hour of television I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. I couldn't even really give you a concrete premise. It's people that have pets that they seem to really like and have a special bond with that they also send away to boot camp until they can like do basic sniffing and some sort of tricks. And then they make them do insane, nonsensical challenges that don't seem to have like any consequence or meaning. And it's beyond bizarre. It is. It beyond. seems like to me from the commercials, it seems like the amazing race, but with your dog instead of another person. Yes, they're definitely going all over the globe. It seems from the previews, they're going to like three different continents. The budget is astronomical. They, at one point, they put all the dogs in helicopters just to go from one location in Los Angeles mm-hmm. to another, seemingly what? just to show that they have indispensable helicopter budget. It's crazy. I think it's Jeff Bezos' personal tax write-off for the year. He's just blown his whole budget on this insane, insane television show. But I was captivated. Not in the way I was, like, distressed and captivated by the prom. This was just, like, captivating and shocking and just another example of why reality is a fiction. It's just, <laughs> we're in the bad place. So kind of piggybacking a little bit on Carolyn's Contagion recommendation, I watched the first episode of The Stand the other day. Oh, it's out. Um, starring Perry as Randall Flagg, yeah. the walking dude. Um and he's not really in the first episode, like very, very briefly. Um, but I actually thought they did a pretty good job. Like a lot of these Stephen King things, you know, they turn out to be crap when they mm-hmm. get translated to the screen. And so far, so good. And I actually, one of the main actor actresses who plays Franny reminds me a lot of the actress who played Emma 
in the prom to the point where I had to look it up to see if they were the same person. And oh, I don't wow. think they are. But but so far, I really like it. And um, I, I'm not sure how many episodes it is, like probably six to eight, something like that. Um, and it's Thursday nights on. I even got the CBS All Access app just to, uh, wow. be able to watch it. I didn't realize yeah, I it was out. I think we have it right now because Stephen has been watching the Star Trek that's out. So I feel like I can mm-hmm. watch it. I'm very excited. The Stand is one of my favorite Stephen King books. Yeah, it's great. And it it's honestly like, it, you know, I read it pre-pandemic and I was like, you know what? This doesn't seem so bad. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it sucks seeing all your whole family <laughs> die, but getting the world to yourself yeah. until Satan shows up seems pretty cool. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I was like, yeah, if there are worse pandemics, like The Walking Dead, I don't really want to deal with zombies, but just like, Mm-mm. you know, you get rid of a chunk of the population except those that are able to survive and you live mm-hmm. longer and the planet is healthier. Yeah, you go. Are find, we advocating like, for a purge? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you get to go like find the house you like and just move into it. It's a good time. Yes. Um so then also this week I finally got on the Dairy Girls bandwagon. Oh. Have you guys watched this? Oh yeah. Of course. Oh my god. <laughs> so first of all, first go watch the great British Baking Show yes. holiday edition with them on it because that was finally like I was like okay, I need to go watch the Dairy Girls after seeing this. Even though I'd heard many, many people say it was wonderful, I have a tendency to not actually watch the TV while Mm -hmm. I'm watching TV. And so I found it unintelligible because they all have such thick (laughs) accents. And so I was like, I can't, I don't know what's going on unless I'm staring at the TV. And um, so I finally sat down and actually watched it. Brian and I watched it together. He thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. They come up with some, even just in like the first couple of episodes, like they have some really sort of original premises, mm-hmm. you know, that, mm-hmm. like even though it's very sitcom like it's, you've never seen someone like almost burn down the chip shop before. Yeah. Like I've never, yeah. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, or like the dog that pees on the Mary statue, and then they have a whole like religious um, hoax <laughs> going on. And like, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's really, really funny. I can't recommend it enough. And I, I don't know which one of those is highbrow and lowbrow. I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to say the stand is highbrow since it's yeah. based on a book. But um, sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But they both have elements of each. Like, Dairy Girls is just very clever. Like, the writing is yeah. brilliant. Mm hmm. It's so, so good. And just like the, I mean, you get this weird look at this really tough time in history, Mm -hmm. but from like a, like instead of it being a serious, like, um, you know, war film or something, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like just teenage girls trying to deal with the nonsense that's going on around them during the Troubles. I feel like there's so little content around that. Like we don't as Americans Mm -hmm. understand very much about the Northern Ireland conflict. And I, I think to have that like easily accessible I, I think it seems like it's so far in the rear view and then watching dairy girls I'm like oh no this was a a recent event yeah yeah and like she mentions macaulay one of the girls mentions macaulay culkin to her mom and she's like is he a protestant <laughs> you know like like, like the mom <laughs> has no idea who macaulay culkin is and is like you can't see him again and oh, oh god it's so funny that's um, excellent yeah it's it's fantastic And uh, all right. Well, with that, we have more great episodes coming your way. So make sure you stay subscribed and we'll be back soon.
Thank you for listening to Big Little Podcast. If you enjoy our show, please consider becoming one of our valued podcast supporters at www.thebiglittlepodcast.com or just leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on social media at Big Little Podcast for exclusive content in between new episodes.